0: Welcome the church. Um, you know, I, I actually didn't grow up in church. <laughs> my family we uh, we never made church a really big priority. We went on like the major Christian holidays to appease grandma, uh, but we never really actually went to church uh, growing up. So when I started to get serious about my faith, when I started to do this Christian walk, I started to live out my faith with with those guys that I was doing rodeos with. Every weekend when we meet for the rodeo, they would talk about their church. I remember starting a thing like, I got to get into a church. I got to find a place where I can belong and get plugged in. So upon finally finding a church to actually get plugged into, uh, I got into a men's life group just as a teenage boy. And there was a phrase that I heard in that men's life group that always stood out to me. And it was life verse. People would talk about their life verse. And I'm like, what do you mean by life verse? By life verse? And what they meant was a verse of scripture that they had read during a hard time or transitional time in their life that helped get them through something that they kind of rooted themselves to. Uh, to be honest, I've always struggled a little bit with that with that phrase, life verse. Um, I don't really think we have life verses. I, I, I don't think it happens. And, and the reason is because I think God uses Scripture in certain times and places in our lives when he knows we need to hear something. I, I don't necessarily think one verse of Scripture is more important than any of the others. I think all of it is applicable to my life. But there are certain times and certain places where he uses his word to speak something, to speak truth into our lives. There is, so why I don't have a life verse, there is one phrase in Scripture that always stands out to me uh, from the very first time that I read it. When I think about my calling as a pastor, or when I think about my walk with Christ, even right now, um, my walk with Jesus, I always think of Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. It says this, and there's a lot of different translations, but it says, If I say, I will not speak anymore in your name, Your word is like a fire in my heart, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. There it is. That gets me excited. I love that verse. It's like the drop the mic moment. Like, that's what I want my life to be characterized by. I want to long for the Word of God. It's why I preach the way that I do. It's why I live the way that I do. I want my life to long for and be rooted to the words found in Scripture. But I never really knew what that passage meant. I never studied the context of the passages. Someone taught me long ago that you always, always study the context before the content. It's the only way you're going to know what that verse is actually saying because sometimes we'll just go verse by verse and we'll pick something out that sounds good and we miss the meaning of what's around it. And, and when I actually studied this passage of Scripture, I've got to, I got to admit, it wasn't at all what I thought it would be. I was really blown away what Jeremiah was actually thinking when he said those things. But it made me have such a deeper appreciation for what he went through as a prophet of God. Now, once I actually understood what he meant when he, when he said those words, So learning what I did, it caused me to reflect on what people really mean when they say life verse. I wanted to know what they actually meant. Like what drove you to that? Because it was like we often read the Bible and we'll go verse by verse and we'll miss the surrounding passages. So we'll say, man, that looks good. I feel like God's speaking to me. So we'll pull it out and that'll become our life motto when it may not actually mean what we thought it was. So I I asked, why, why do we do that? And when I asked people, "What do you? How'd you come to your life?" First, the answers were unanimous. Every one of them, it was during either a transitional time in their life, or it was during some sort of hardship, some sort of deep trial that they went through, and that's how they anchored themselves to. This. It's like God met with them in that passage, and they just they, it always stuck with them. It's like something in their hearts desperately wanted to be rooted to something. During these transitional times, something inside them says, I have to be rooted to maintain my identity. I have to be rooted to God so that I can get through this. Here's a truth of the human heart. During transitional times in our lives and during hard times in our lives, we desperately want to be rooted to something. All of us are rooted to something, whether you know it or not. We can be rooted to our nation, we can be rooted to a Political stance, or a person, or what we can be rooted to an addiction, we can be rooted to busyness, uh, our career. You know what it is for you. All of us desire to be rooted to something. It's why people get tattoos. Something they see or something they hear speaks to them. They want to tattoo it on themselves to share it and so they can always remember that the meaning of what that is, so it's always there. And this truth of the human heart, it actually plays out uh, big time when we experience tragedy. Uh, there's one that's etched in my mind. We're coming up on the anniversary of it. 9-11. Where were you? If you're old enough to remember that, when the plane struck the Twin Towers and thousands of people died at the hands of terrorists. Where were you? Some of you, when I say this, you're going to think, man, you're really young. I was at recess. (laughs) Full disclosure, I was at recess. But I remember feeling like terrified. What on earth is going on? And you know, odds are, you know exactly where you were. If you're old enough to have lived through that, whether it was recess or, or not, you remember where you were. But do you remember as you were watching the news the following weeks and months, do you remember what else happened on that day? And in the days and weeks and even months that followed, churches were packed. They couldn't keep enough seats in their auditoriums. They were absolutely packed. Why? Because during that uncertain, scary time, people want to be rooted to something that will give them hope and perspective during those times. It was one of the scariest times in our nation. And people flocked, where? To church. Because they wanted to be rooted. Our hearts, ladies and gentlemen, they want, they long to be rooted to something. And every one of us here, we are rooted to something. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you, are, you want to be rooted to his word. You want to long for his word. If you don't follow Jesus, if you're not a Christian, you want to be rooted to something. You want something to give you some sort of perspective, some sort of hope during those times in your life. And if you call yourself a Christian, you probably remember what drove you to church in the first place. A transitional time in your life. A hardship in your life, especially if you didn't grow up in church. That's probably what drove you here. And you remember that time? It was like the you had you had had enough and you needed something. Your heart was grasping for something. And then there's some of you here this morning, I just know that you you wouldn't really call yourself a Christian, but you're here and, and you're grasping for something. And if you were to look inside, you would realize that you're searching. Your heart wants to be rooted to something to give you hope and perspective. Now, some of you are here every week or you're in a church every week and you're a faithful follower of Jesus. But you've got to be honest, this week's been a tough one. For many of you, that's where you're at. You're worn out. You're tired. Our hearts want to be rooted to something. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not really sure what you want to be rooted to. You, you rooted your life to so many different things, addiction, relationships, busyness, whatever it is, and and you're really not sure what you want your life, your heart to be rooted to, or in a series here at LCC. Uh, we've been addressing since January our our five core values. And we saved this one for last because out of this one, all of our others hinge from. This hinges on, everything we do as a church hinges on being rooted in prayer and rooted in the word. And if we at LCC, we really have seen the life transformation that happens from people who are rooted in God's word, who are longing for his word and that connection with him. And if you're not... A Christian. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're here this morning or you're listening online, this is a perfect message for you to listen to. If you haven't taken that step, it's a perfect message. You will you will see why Christians place so much hope in the pages of these books, or in that app on your iPhone or your or your iPad you'll see why we place so much stock in these. And you know what? If you're not a Christian, if something today sticks out to you or if you're curious, you're like, I don't know about that or you want to talk about it, you shoot me an email this week. Let's talk. Uh, shoot someone an email this week. Let's let's discuss this, but just listen in. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, this is a perfect message for you to listen in on. Uh, see, there are times when we read the stories in scripture that we're tempted to think that every single person who ever followed the calling of God had this fulfilling life. We always think, oh, they kind of make it look easier, we think, and they always had this sense of purpose that would get them through these times, but that's not actually always the case. Think of Job. If you're familiar with scripture, think of Job think of a lot of the Psalms and how many complaints and discouragement are written in there think of the prophets of the Old Testament you talk about people who couldn't catch a break always always going through something and Jeremiah my one of my favorite Bible passages that I share with you I think of him I think of him a lot. In Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9, it means so much more to me now than it ever used to because of what I have studied, how I've studied it over the years. You see, Jeremiah couldn't catch a break. Jeremiah was one of those people, I mean, prophets in the Old Testament, they always took a hard knock, but Jeremiah really took a hard knock. And we have got to look, um, we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 20, so go ahead and turn there, flip there. Um, If you're a Droid user, I'm sorry, but go ahead and use uh, use the Bible app anyways. Um, But go ahead and turn there. We're going to hang out with Jeremiah this morning. But before we do, we have got to understand the the first six verses of chapter 20. Because if we don't understand the true context of what we're going to talk about today, we'll miss everything. Because this is a roller coaster, as you're going to see. The whole book of Jeremiah is a roller coaster. But here's the context of chapter 20 and everything leading up to it. There is this priest, and his name is Pasher. And this priest, he's a priest of the Lord. So he's somebody you would think was on Jeremiah's side. But that's not the case at all. You see, in this time in our story, the nation of Judah, God's people, they are in exile. And they're in exile for a reason. They they had this cycle. God's people have always had this cycle where they'll worship him. Then they'll rebel. Then God will punish them with exile, persecute, he'll send them, and then they'll cry out to him. And he'll always rescue and pull back. it, But God's people have this cycle. They keep repeating it and repeating it. So at this point in the story, they're in exile. And they're not turning to God this time. So God sends Jeremiah. And Jeremiah goes and he preaches and he prophesies to them. But nobody will listen to him. And Pasher who we'd think would be on his side, actually gets pretty upset at what Jeremiah says. And he beats him almost to death in the first six verses. And then if that was enough, he puts him in the stocks the entire day. So the next day, as you can imagine, when Jeremiah gets out of the stocks, he says a few more things to them. But then he turns and he heads into the wilderness. And this is where we pick up in our story today. Because we will join in in verse 7 a tired depressed very worn down and beat up prophet I've talked to Christian counselors and they say this is one of the main times in scripture where you actually see clinical depression in scripture this is he's depressed and here's what he says starting in verse 7 you deceived me lord i was deceived You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord, it's brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I cannot. I hear many whispering terror on every side, denounce him. Let's denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. I'm no expert, but would you say he's upset? I'd say so. He has had enough. And the truth is, friends, some of you are here this morning and you've had enough You're tired, you're worn down, you're beat up, and you've had enough. And that's exactly how Jeremiah felt. But even though in the midst of all this depression, he is still, the word is in his heart like fire. He's rooted to it. He's longing for it, even in the midst of all of this trouble. And some of us are going through something right now, very similar to Jeremiah. Maybe our family, maybe our friends, maybe those we thought were supposed to be standing by our side have now deserted us. Just like Jeremiah. Maybe you, have, you are here this morning and there's something in your life that's happening right now. And you're angry about that. And God wants to know. That's exactly what happened to Jeremiah. He's telling God how angry he is at his calling. But would you look at verse 9? Your word is like fire in my heart. The actual translation for this, that it actually means a physical, literal burning sensation in your heart. He's got holy heartburn, okay? It's hurting, it's in his heart. He can't help but say it, even though he's depressed, even though he's dejected and angry. He's like, I cannot help but speak your word and speak your word, I will. Even in the midst of all of this, when we are rooted to God's word, we long for it. Even when things are falling apart, we will long for God's word. Now, Jeremiah, you get the sense he's really depressed and maybe quite honestly a little whiny about his current situation. But you really can't blame him. Everywhere he turns, he is is called a false prophet. And if he's like many of us, we would think he's going to continue doing that. In fact, in chapter 11, you see him do the same thing. He continues, and he's complaining, and he's crying out. But here we see something different. It's almost like the veil is torn in two. It's like it's, the curtains lifted, and he sees. He sees some light. He's reminded of God's power. Check this out. This is a complete attitude shift, starting in verse, um, in verse, thir- or in verse, uh, one of those 11. Here's what it says. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their, honor will never be for, their dishonor will never be forgotten. The Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance on them, for to you I have committed my cause. Then he says this, Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hand of the wicked. Even in the midst of depression, of hitting rock bottom, he knows something in him is reminded, this longing for the word, he's reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness. And some of us need reminded of that this morning. You see, he lived in a time uh, where he really needed reminded of this because in his time, prophets, when they would prophesy on behalf of the Lord, their prophecies were fulfilled very quickly, but his was different. His would not come till much later. So because of that, people labeled him a false prophet, but he knew that God was faithful and he knew that even though things were taking a little while, you've been there, haven't you? Even though things are taking a little while, he knows God is faithful and he will come through for him in whatever situation you may find yourself in right now you need to know God will not leave you there he is faithful he will pull through and he is a mighty warrior and he's fighting for you and we need reminded of that this morning look I get that your situation may really stink you may be just war- you may think man you don't you don't understand and you're probably right but he does. He will not give up. And at this point in this story we we think all right Jeremiah this is going to be a good ending. All right? Jeremiah he's come out of the darkness, the curtain's been lifted. He's like I am good. I know God is with me. But plot twist, that's not actually what happens. And it's this reason that I love this passage so much. Because when I studied it, when I read that passage, I thought, oh, he's, a, he's pretty good. He's really, he's really happy. He's not at all. And what I love about this is what happens next. Because just when we think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel and he's about to come out and it's going to be like a good Disney ending, plot twist. Listen to his words immediately following how he says, sing to the Lord. Verse 14. Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news, who made him very glad, saying, A child is born to you, a son. May that man be like the towns the Lord overthrew without pity. May he hear wailing in the morning and a battle cry at noon. For he did not kill me in my mother's womb. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame. That's kind of intense. It's a little graphic. And I was really thrown for a loop when I was studying this. I'm like, you mean my favorite verse has that after it? Like, what's going on here? How can someone who... Talks about how God is like a mighty warrior fighting for them. How can he just turn right back around and go back into his depression? How can he go right back to saying that? Well, here's what we know about Judah, the people who he's prophesying to. We know that they are going to continue to pull away. No matter what he says, they will continue. And he knew they were going to do this to pull away from God. But because God's word is in his heart, he's longing for it like fire in his bones. He can't help but speak the word, but it will fall on deaf ears. That would upset anybody. And even in the midst of this, he knows God is faithful, but it does not take the sting out of what he's feeling at that moment. And I think that's really cool because... I always think that, okay, if God is with me like a mighty warrior, if I know that truth, then I should just be happy. But that's not at all what some of us feel. We can be rooted to the Word of God, and we can still feel broken, and God wants us to cry out to Him. He wants to hear what is in our hearts. He wants us to know He's faithful, but He wants to hear our concerns. He doesn't want superficial. See, this, this last piece of this story... We're tempted to think, how can this even happen? But sometimes when we are rooted, when we are longing for the Word of God, we feel like we're the only ones. Some of you have a family dynamic like that. You're the only one. Sometimes when we're rooted in Scripture so much, when we're connected with Jesus, we may feel like we are standing all alone. And this last part of our passage today, it's got this prophet, Speaking very loudly about how he's upset about the lot he's been dealt. He is mad, but all the while he's remaining loyal and submissive to God's word, even in the midst of his anger. He's still He reminds us of job that even in the midst of all this brokenness he is still rooted in God's word and his heart longs for it. even when we are rooted I want you to hear this we can still remain broken when we are rooted in the word we may still remain broken and God wants to know how we feel what I love about this story is how real and raw it is it's no Disney ending. Like, I've never been a Disney movie guy, anyways, but it's no Disney ending where it's not happy. We still see him, even though he knows God's faithfulness, he's still so upset. And that, to me, just makes the story so much more real. Because even though he's completely rooted in the Word, he knows he still has the sting of his current circumstance. And some of us have that sting, even though we know God's faithful. It doesn't take the sting out of what we're feeling right now. And I think a lot of us need to hear that this morning. It's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay that way forever. Look, as a Christian, I never doubt God's faithfulness. I really don't. But I want my feelings to be validated in the moment. I want to know it's okay not to be okay. I just can't stay that way forever. This is why I love this story so much. If you're a Christian in the room, I, I want you to hear this. We are so tempted to prescribe our favorite Bible verses to people who are hurting. Going through some, like, just read this, you feel better. I am always leery of people who do that because I want someone to be real with me. I don't want the jargon. I just want you to say, Philip, that stinks, man. I'm sorry. That really stinks. And this isn't going to make you feel any better, but you've got to know God is faithful. He is stronger than this. He's going to pull you through. It doesn't take the sting out of what you're feeling. That's, I'm, I'm really sorry, but you've got to know God's faithful. I think that would speak much more to people than saying, just read this, little prescription, to be real with folks. So why does your heart yearn for something to be connected to? Why does our heart yearn to be rooted? God designed you that way. And he longs for you. You didn't find him, he found you. And he longs for you, and he wants you to long for him as well. Whatever you're going through right now, what is causing you hardship? What is causing you something that's standing in your way? Maybe you're here this morning and you just feel alone. Or you feel like whatever you're going through, or whatever you're addicted to, whatever you're struggling with, you've lost all sense of purpose, and you are just, you are upset. I want you to know that God understands and he feels your pain. It's not going to take the sting away and I'm so sorry you're hurting right now, but no, he is fighting for you and he will prevail. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 11, uh, he went through this same thing uh, when he was crying and complaining. But that time, he didn't know God's power. And God actually, God confronted him. He's like, you need to get your act together, man. I am with you. And now we see just nine chapters later, he's grown. He's like, hey, I'm still going through something. But I know now that God is with me and he is with you. It's okay not to be okay. Just don't stay that way. And no, God will not leave you that way. We are longing for the word of God. We will never lose our identity. And our identity is children of the king. Our identity is children of the king. You may be going through something and you may... You may really be struggling, and you may feel a little bit like Jeremiah, like you're alone. But there are probably people sitting in your row right now that have been through something very similar. That's why I think life groups are so important. When you're in a circle with other people and you're growing, you can do life with other people. That's why I want to make them such an important part. That's why we want to make them such an important part of what Lebanon Christian Church does. You are not identified by your struggle, my friend. And if you are not a follower of Jesus this morning, I just want to talk to you for a minute. You may not even believe there is a God. You may not even believe that any of this stuff, this just feeling good type of stuff, oh, thank you, I'll go home and forget it. Look, I want you to ask yourself a question. Why do you want to be rooted so badly to something? Why do you long for something? Because God longs for you, and he's placed that in you to long for him as well. And he wants to know you and for you to know him. How do we stay rooted in the word? When we think about, you know, how do we leave here? How do we actually cultivate a longing for God's word so that it burns inside of us? The number, this is the most obvious way. The number one thing we have to do to cultivate a longing for the word of God is to be in the word of God. We've got to get in this. Even if it's on a tablet, whatever it's on, we've got to be in the Word. And, you know, maybe you need something a little further, a little stronger, and you're reading this, but maybe you need to pick up a nice study Bible to understand a little bit more. And maybe you want a little bit more than that, and you hear these catalyst studies starting up soon, and maybe that's, maybe that's the next step for you is to get rooted in an environment that's free from distraction where you, where you can understand. And there's information about those in your bulletin. Maybe, maybe for you, it's you're rooted and you long for it, but you want a venue to live that out with other people. You need encouragement. You need compassion. And that's why life groups is probably the next step for you. That is why we're making such a big deal about life groups because when we are doing life with each other, we can live out the longing in our lives for the word of God with other people. It is so important. I have some things that I do to stay rooted. I have some things that I do that on a daily basis that they really leave me longing for God's word. And I'm not telling you this to say, hey, model yourselves after me. No, I just think it's helpful when we hear other people's things that they do. It really helps to have more ideas. So here's just a few things that I do. First thing is I journal. I will read something out of the word and I will try to envision when the words were actually penned. I'll try to, if it's a letter like in Philippians, I try to picture that I'm actually in Philippi listening to someone read Paul's words to me. And I'll try to go to that place. And then what I'll do is I'll open up a commentary or one of those study Bibles because there's a lot of people smarter than me. And I want to learn from them. So I'll start learning about what the context is, what this means. And then I journal. And when I write, I don't just write like, here's what I learned. I write, this is how this impacted me. Because Jeremiah says his words are like fire in his bones, I realize that's how I want to live my life. And I think about the things I'm going through. I'm like, when I'm going through this, it doesn't seem like I'm very rooted in the words. So what can I do about that? And I start to have this dialogue with God. It's almost like I'm writing back to Scripture and understanding more of what's there. And what I love about this more than anything is, you know, in every relationship, you have some dry spells. You know, you just kind of get worn out because of life circumstances. And I want to remember how I felt. Like, how did I get, how did I long for God that much? How did I stay rooted that much last year? I have written proof of what I did. And I can go back and say, oh, I haven't done that in a while. I should probably try that again. Another thing I do that creates a longing for me is I get outside. That requires shutting off Netflix or Fortnite for you game nerds. And you've got to get outside. you got to have fresh air. Some of you kids were like, darn, he knows. All right? You got to turn it off and get outside. And here's what happens when I'm outside. When I am reading God's word outside, and I'm not talking about like on your patio. I'm talking about like in the wilderness is what I do. Um, And I don't get to do it enough, but I, I remember that who I'm reading about created all this around me. It's a whole new dynamic. The most powerful thing that I do is live my faith out with my wife when we are talking about what we're reading together, it just opens up a whole new door. And I can understand how she's staying rooted and then I try something that she's doing and vice versa. And we have this dialogue constantly about how we stay rooted. And I know that not everybody has that relationship with their spouse. And I know that not everybody has a spouse to have a relationship like that with. The point is this, find somebody to do life with. If you're a man and, and you've, you don't have a spouse or your spouse isn't interested, you find another man that you can do life with. Same if you're a woman. You've got to find somebody that you can do life with. When my wife and I are doing life together and then also including other people, which is what we're in the process of doing right now, trying to start a life group for the first time since we've been here, um, we grow so much deeper in the Word. And our hearts will constantly long for it because of that dialogue. Parents, try this with your kids too. Longing for the word of God. Those are just a few of the things that I do. And they may be helpful, they may not be. But when I am longing and in the word, when I'm rooted in scripture, I can know that it's okay that I'm not okay. (laughs) I just can't stay that way. And I know God's not going to leave me that way. And that's the best promise that I could ever have from God. I'm not going to leave you this way. I want God's word to be like a fire burning in my heart. And I want the same for you as well. So that the world will see and know who and whose we are. Not to shove it down people's throats, but to give them hope and perspective during those times when their hearts are trying so desperately to be rooted to something. That's what I want for you as well. That's what I want for the church. You you think of some of the people in Scripture who... Endured so much from the hands of so many people, but they were so rooted that they stayed the course. I think of Job. I think of what he went through, and he was longing for that connection with God. I think of Paul in the New Testament. All the things he went through, yet he was rooted to his relationship with God. Think of Jesus. The Word lived in his heart, he lived and breathed and moved. Out of his longing for a connection with the Father. Now, as we end here, I want you to think of yourself. What are you rooted to? What are you longing for? We fill it with all other kinds of things that lead to more brokenness. We were designed to be rooted to one thing Jesus. That's the truth. I would hope that this morning you would take one step closer to being rooted to God in the Word. Just one step. By coming up and filling out one of these cards, dropping a connection card in in the baskets back there, talking to me or one of our elders, talking to the person who brought you one step closer to Jesus. That's my hope for us this morning, that we would long for God's word. Let's pray. Father, we know that we know that our hearts desire to be rooted to something because you long for us, and our hearts feel that. And I know that there are people here, myself included, that we will fill our hearts with so much junk. <laughs> And we'll try to root ourselves in so many different things. And I would ask that right now those will be cleared away. That we would make room for you to meet with us because you're already here. You're always here. We're asking for you to to show off in our hearts right now. I ask God that every person here would begin to have that feeling stir inside them. That they would long for your word in a connection with you. And it's in your mighty name we pray, amen.